This is Chaz Woodson, and you're listening to the Going Offsides Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. Right, we have episode 35. We're here today with Tom Schreiber. We're pretty pumped. But before we get to that, what are your thoughts on everything that's been going on in the lacrosse world? You know, man, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like we're at that point in the year where you know, it, usually by now everybody has in a in a in a normal year, everybody knows what the schedule is. Everybody's gearing up and they're figuring out what you know what games they're gonna watch and what games they're looking forward to on a weekend and. You know, the one thing too, is that we just, we have no idea right now. So there are, you know, outside of like, you know, Mercer and Bellarmine starting on January 30th, you know, everything else is kind of like a big question mark. And even that can change, you know, that can change in the blink of an eye. So it really just depends. Um, But it's exciting. You know, there's, there's been some shuffling around uh, with some, with some coaches and with some schedules and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So I'm excited to see and, um, I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing some actual real live lacrosse here, hopefully in the next uh, 11 days, you know, and uh, big, big shout out to my guy, Coach Whitley over at Bellarmine, old friend from our Southern Combat days. Um, as he begins year two, I'm hoping he, uh, you know, he crushes it. Let's just jump right into it, if that's okay with you. Yeah. All right. So we've, we've got Tom Schreiber here today. I can't tell you how lucky we are and how happy we are to have him. You know, we'll we'll get into all the the stuff, but in my opinion, hands down, best player in the world. I know you're gonna have to say some stuff about how you're not, and that's totally fine, and, and we're good with that. But in my opinion, most well-rounded, best player in the world, alongside another uh, guy that you're pretty familiar with, and Zach Courier. So, uh, Tom, welcome to the show. Oh well, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a couple of responses to all that, but yeah. Well, Tom, that, that brings up a big point. A lot of people do have that opinion of you, whether you, you know, you're a humble guy. So whether you agree with them or not is, is totally fine. There are other really, really talented players. We, we all know who's kind of in the upper echelon, but who does Tom Schreiber think is the best player in the world? I've, I've always like kind of struggled with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because lacrosse is like, it's so d- different, like position to position, you know, like I, I think like in, in hoops, right. Like it's pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, like a point guard and a center, like they have different mm-hmm. um, roles, but like at the end of the day, it's like kind of easy to do it. And, and like football is like a good comparison. Like who's a better football player, like Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Donald. Like it's kind of tough to um, do that. And I think like, you've seen a little bit of that with, with blaze, you know, and everything mm-hmm. that yeah, had yeah. Play the last few weeks. Um, you know, it's just like what I do on the field is totally different from what blaze Reardon does on the field. Um, or, you know, totally different from what an attackman is doing and guys play different styles, like Jordan Wolf and Matt Rambo play totally different games. Like Lyle Thompson plays a totally different game, you know, than. um, then Tucker Durkin, like it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really tough to, you know, kind of look at all that stuff. Like, so for me, like I, I'm like still just a huge lacrosse fan and like, I have, you know, I, it, it's not like just, you know, humble BS, like to like sidestep answers for me. Like I, I just like, haven't looked at it mm-hmm. in that way. Like 
you know, I, I did when I was a kid. So when I was being recruited, uh, the first year they started doing their rankings, like it was, I think going into your junior year. And I was like, I was number five in the country. And I was like, furious like I wanted to be number one and like I remember the the couple guys before me it was like it was me versus them and like all this stuff and eventually like I think the next time it came out I was number four I think and then going into college I was number two Mm -hmm. Uh, and I just I remember like my dad like had this approach you know back when he was like he won the what we call it Wharton today was like it was the term was the term it was the player of the year. Was it still called, was it called the Turnbull back then? I think you're right. Yeah. It was, it was either that, I, th- I think it was the Enners. Um, yeah. I um, Got it. it was the Enners. So he, he won, you know, th- that. And I think the year before he like told me that he put the guy who won it the year before, like up on his wall and like, that was <laughs> his motivation. So I like mm-hmm. kind of took that same mm-hmm. approach. And like, for me, you know, it was like Nikki Galasso was the first overall player, yeah. like a Long Island guy, West Islip. And like Nikki was, had like an, an absurd amount of points over at West Islip. We played, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from each other. So I, I knew him and like remember being like, ah, oh, like, like that's my motivation, like Nikki Galasso there. And then, and then like I, I played with him on the Empire team and he's like the greatest guy in the world. It's like, why, why, like, it's not like I never had any like animosity, but it, uh, it, it kind of like helped me to shift like how you look at that stuff. And, you know, for me, and again, like this sounds cliche, but it's like, it doesn't matter if someone thinks like Matt Rambo is, is number one and I'm number two, or like Josh Byrne should be higher or like, you know, Nardella or Curry or Lyle Thompson, whoever else, like it, it, it really, at the end of the day, like my performance was my performance this past summer. Like I know what, I need to work on. I know what things like I did well. I know what things I could do better. And I know like what I have to work on. So like at the end of the day, like the, the player vote thing, like don't get me wrong is like very, very cool. Like Mm -hmm. the respect to your peers, like it it does mean a lot. Like it it was a cool moment for me, but it like doesn't change, you know, my like personal assessment of like how I played this summer or like what things I need to work on or like where my deficiencies are, what things I have to get better at. So that's like kind of been my approach with this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, with like awards and stuff, like I'm not a robot, like it's it's great. Like I'm appreciative, like those things, you know, do mean a lot to me. And one day, like I'll look back and, you know, be able to tell my son, like, Hey, like, you know, whoever wanted the year before go like try to get motivated (laughs) by that. But, you know, for me right now, it's like, it's you versus yourself at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Like, and you can lie to yourself all you want, but, you know, for me, I think it's, you kind of have to take that approach because it, again, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter like, oh, Matt Rambo's number one, you know, now I need to work so much harder, you know, if, if like I wasn't number one, like, it's not like I saw it, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm the man, like, I'm good, mm-hmm. don't need to work on anything, like, it's the same performance regardless, so um, it's definitely, you know, it, it, it's been cool, but you know, I, I've like kind of always taken the approach. Like I've always been like a, like a layers guy. Like I want different layers to my game. Like I want to be able to, you know, feed, you know, dodge behind a little bit this past year out in Utah, like they didn't slide to us, you know, no mm-hmm. one slid to, to us. Cause, uh, cause you know, me and Grant's like our feed first types, you know, mm-hmm. so we had to like go and earn some shots. So like, I want to, 
I don't want teams to be able to do that to us anymore. And I want to like play whatever role I have to play to make that difficult. So that's kind of my approach with all that stuff. It's funny you say that too, because you kind of backwardsly answered the question. You mentioned a lot of guys that you respect in different positions. So, um, and the funny thing is I wasn't even really referencing that the PLL 50, because I mean, it's great, but there's also missing pieces from that with the new guys coming in and, and so I, I just was very curious because I consider you, you know, like you said, goalies have a different role. Attackmen have a different role. The, the, I was telling one of my players, I was like, you know, for me, what it is with you and Zach Courier, it's the ability to play offense, defense. You know, you can play the wing. You can do a little bit of everything. And like you said, you have layers to your game. Whereas sometimes guys are like either the flashy guy or, or you know, they're, they're kind of less, they're, they're single dimensional. So I think it's very good that you brought that up because I think in the media, a lot of times, like we do these Twitter polls and these fun things is like, who's the best player in the world. And it's really not fair because like you said, it's very different. You wouldn't compare a center to a quarterback or a D tackle. So it's, it's not really fair to, to do that to people, but at the same time, you did kind of answer it and say, these are the people that I, I also respect and look up to. So. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure I missed a few like, no, oh, for like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an all inclusive yeah. list by any means. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like the, the skills that you possess, like are the things that I like look out for, like, like the creativity of like a Josh Byrne or a Lyle Thompson, like right. that stuff, like it, it's fun for me to watch, like the explosiveness of Wolf, like Courier's ability to do anything. Like, I, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm in the same conversation as him to be able to like, be that jack of all trades like i appreciate you like shedding some light on like i can play defense i don't know how much i've proved that in the last few <laughs> years like I'm, I'm okay like on ball i'm like kind of a mess off ball but it's like that's like that's again like kind of an example like with this with these olympic rules coming up right mm-hmm. like you have to be able to do that like you right. have to be able to like be flexible and you can't be one-dimensional and um no one's more lost than me on the box floor getting caught on D. That's another one that, uh, <laughs> like, every time I get caught back there, it's like uh, they know it right away, and I'm like, <laughs> right at, like the top. But that's a that's a part of my game I'm definitely working on. Um, but I hear you. I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. So this is kind of like a two part question, okay? Um, you know, um, obviously, you know where you came from. You played at St. Anthony's on Long Island. Um, you know, that's one of the best. You know, it, always in the running for being one of the best, if not the best, uh, high school programs in the country. All right, obviously, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a tremendous program to be a part of. There's obviously a ton of competition year in and year out. Um, just to even make you know freshman JV varsity team that sort of thing. Um, you know, my first part of that is, um, you know, what was it like being part of that, that program and how did that kind of help you prepare, um, for when you made the jump and obviously got to Princeton and, you know, you're, you're jumping into division one lacrosse, obviously you were a highly ranked recruit, that sort of thing. But, you know, obviously, you know, having the opportunity to play with some of, you know, other highly ranked recruits, um, you know, especially on a daily basis and in, in practice, you know, how did that help you prepare, you know, to kind of step in and, you know, be somewhat college ready for when you got to Princeton and two, um, you know, can you shed some light a little bit on, on, on the St. Anthony Chaminade rivalry and, and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to do both. Um, you know, I, I talk with people all the time about St. Anthony's, like whether it's like younger kids considering going or not. 
um, and things like that. And, and you, I think you nailed like one of the most important parts is just like who you're practicing against mm-hmm. on, a, on a daily basis. And I'm biased because my dad's on the staff, but I think the yep. coaching staff like does a, a really good job. Like I think they, you know, have, have done their best to kind of run it as a college program or college prep, you know, sort of program. Like it's, you know, it's no secret. Like, you know, a lot of guys go on to the next level from there. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's the level of coaching combined with, you know, kind of the competition day to day, you know, like the, the game schedule is, is great, right. They play a super competitive schedule. You're playing, you know, Chaminade, like I'll touch on that in a second. Like I, I, I really respect them at the end of the day, like they're mm-hmm. a tremendous program too. I think it's, I think it's an incredible rivalry. Um, but like it, it, it's that day-to-day competition, I think is something that's like really special that like sets a place like St. Anthony's apart, um, you know, combined with that, with that coaching. And it's it just, it, it was a very, very cool experience. Like there's full buy-in, you know, this is like over 10 years ago now, which is crazy to say, yeah. um, but you know, every guy on our roster from like the last guy on the roster who could barely play, you know, who just, you know, you would think like just wanted like the jacket to wear around mm-hmm. school, but like that, that dude was just as bought in, you know, as anybody else, which I thought was really cool. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'll like go back and, you know, go see my dad and like check out a practice from, um, from time to time. And like, they, they still have that. I think that's really cool. And I think that definitely helped, um, you know, get ready for the next level. And with Chaminade, um, you know, I was, I was looking at a highlight the other day. Um, something got posted somewhere. I don't, I don't know, but just like looking at some of the guys that played in those old rivalries, like a lot of them panned out, like, you know, like I've been playing against Mike Earhart since yeah. you know, ninth grade, you know, that mm-hmm. like, I, I've been dealing with that, that matchup forever, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm ready to kind of move on from it. Um, <laughs> You know, like, cause you know, Mike is like, you could shake him out of his shoes. He takes one step as he's still on you. Like yeah. he's, he's so rangy and um, all over you, but like, you know, Matt Cavanaugh, like, all, like plenty of these guys that like, didn't even go, that aren't like in the PLL now that were, that are studs like Fowler, like guys I played with at Princeton, like they're, they're, you know, I, I can't say enough about that rivalry. I'm, you know, thrilled that we were, uh, got the better of them, you know, while I was there. Um, but you know, like those sorts of games, like I remember when I was a sophomore, um, we played against Chaminade and we actually lost this one. So we lost the championship my sophomore year, we won junior and senior year. Um, but this sophomore year game, it was, it was like right before club lacrosse had Mm -hmm. taken over, um, recruiting. So, you know, at that game, I, I, I remember, you know, like it was yesterday, like every like college, head coach you could think of was like all sitting right next to each other and um up in the stands and the place was packed it was under the lights like I grew up right over there I've been watching games at Hofstra MLL college games whatever it is like forever football across like it was just like this place I was like this little roly-poly like in the stands you know watching all these games and then sure enough we were playing in that and like that game you know it's on par with any game I played in NLL, Mm -hmm. PLL, college, like it was awesome. And like, unfortunately we lost, but in terms of the atmosphere, um, it was really, really cool. And I think games like that, like being a part of stuff like that in high school, yeah, really helps you just be ready mentally um, for the next level in college. Awesome. 
And that's, that's a perfect transition. So one question I had written down and sent to you was, you know, it, it's kind of one leads into the other, right? Why Princeton? And then what's your relationship like with Chris Bates going back to Princeton and now playing for him with the archers. So, you know, it, it seems like, you know, top five player in your class, you know, obviously go to a great program. You're very prepared. You obviously had the academics. So why Princeton over literally any of the other Ivy league schools or Hopkins or, you know, any of those top tier academic schools? Yeah. I, I mean, ironically, it had nothing to do with coach Bates. Like I, I didn't, I didn't commit to him. Like mm -hmm. I committed to coach Tierney. Right. Um, and you know, it was, you know, like you had mentioned, like I, I was lucky, like really just a result of like my dad, you know, being like this lacrosse, like wizard, you know, like living in my house and like mm -hmm. taking me under his wing. So I, I had a lot of good options. Um, you know, at the time, Princeton had just brought in the number one recruiting class. Yep. Guys like Fiorito, Chad Weedmeyer, John Cunningham, Jonathan Myers, uh, Mike Chaninchuk. Now yep. I played with in, in high school. So when yep. I was a sophomore, Mike was a, a senior and I like looked up to him for a long time and he was going to Princeton. Um, Jeff Ricaro was committed to go to Princeton. Um, who's another guy I played on, uh, played with at, on that empire team empire, that, yeah. that Galasso had played on. So, uh, you know, I was familiar with those guys. I was tight with those guys. Like they had a lot of good things to say. Um, I always knew I wanted to, um, you know, kind of do the best academically that I could. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think you could put Princeton on par with, with anywhere. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the driving force for me really was like, I, I wanted to win, you know, I wanted to win a national championship and like the, you know, the sad part, you know, sad to me, at least of, of my college careers, I didn't, I didn't sniff it. Um, but that, that was the driving force. Like I, I you know, had, um, you know, guys I knew, uh, Chani and Ficaro there, um, knew some other guys who were like being recruited and, um, it gave me you know, the academic experience I was looking for. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that contributed to is like just proximity to home. Like I knew I didn't want to be too far. Um, so like, I really loved Duke. I really loved Georgetown, mm -hmm. um, and Hopkins, you know, those were like kind of my last, you know, couple choices and they were a little further, um, you know, and like I said, Princeton, I just brought in this amazing class and, you know, Bill Tierney had won all these championships and it was like, we want to like restore Princeton to where it was in the right. late nineties, early two thousands. And like, that was, it was perfect. You know, it was, it was all I wanted. And, um, fast forward a few months, coach Tierney moved on to Denver. Uh, the, the Princeton job was actually vacant. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember yeah. for a while. Cause uh, I remember, cause they, you know, Metsy, there was talk that Metsy was going to take it and Metsy said no. And right. yeah, I remember that. I remember, remember that pretty, pretty vividly. Yeah. So there was, there's all sorts of rumors and stuff and, and, and coach Bates had gotten the job and um, he always busts my chops. Cause I like tell this story all the time, but he, <laughs> he, he came to the house. Like he came in like to our house in East Meadow, um, my family's house and um, you know, sat down with us, like, for a few hours and by the end of it we're like drawn up plays on like a newspaper and stuff and it, it was just like a fit right away mm -hmm. it was like I, I never wavered like I never mm -hmm. like decommitted and like talked to other coaches or anything but um you know it was just it you know I, we loved everything he had to say like he was you know it was it was just a good fit 
all around and you know we kind of hit the ground running and you know I, I always like talk a lot about like the you know falling short of like winning it all and everything but you know I wouldn't I wouldn't trade you know the experience that I had you know and meet, you know I met my wife at, at, at Princeton and like I, I have all of these incredible memories and you know and, and appreciate that place more and more every day um so you know I, I always I spent a lot of time on like the yeah I wanted to win and like I, I didn't but like at the same time like I, I certainly didn't have like a bad right. experience like it was still yeah. an incredible experience we just kind of fell short of that goal um but that was at least the driving force behind mm -hmm. uh, wanting to go there yeah, absolutely. And so obviously coach Bates takes over, like you said, it, it seemed like a good fit right away. H how has that relationship kind of kept going over the years and, and how happy were you to find out, you know, he was the coach of the archers and then obviously you're going to be playing with for under him again. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was really unique. Like it, it's just like a, a very cool experience. And like him and I, like, <laughs> I know I just tried to like shift away from this national championship <laughs> thing, but like, yeah. like him and I were very much aligned on it. You yeah. know, like he, like he, even to the very end, like we kind of, we had like an okay year, my senior year. If we won this last game against Cornell. And I think if something else happened, we could have gotten into the Ivy tournament. And like, if we won that, we get into the playoffs, like even up until that last game, both of us, you know, we're just like, like we, we can do this. And like, this is the goal. Like, this is what we have to do to like get into those playoffs. Then you know, we have everything we need to go and get this done. So, you know, for, for him and I, like, you know, it, it, it's something we always wanted. We always wanted to be successful. I think him and I are pretty similar um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, the chance to be able to team up again and, and compete for a pro championship, especially as like, you know, like the, the national championship, in college, like it has been the pinnacle of the sport for a long time. And like, you know, I think the, the PLL championships closing that gap, right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to say like, you know, it, like a college championship is, is one thing and a pro championship is one thing. I think they're both, you know, pretty prestigious and like being able to do that in, in such a competitive league in the PLL and to be able to like start some, something from scratch, you know, with him, I think is, you know, it, it's very, very cool, you know, for somebody, you know, for two guys who like, you know, felt like we left something on the table, you know, in our four years together. So to have another crack at it and to, to build something alongside him and play under him, I think is uh, pretty special and something that's like not lost on me at all. Well, as an Archers fan, I really, you know, I can't wait to see when, when that happens, the, the two of you, I'll be paying very special attention mm -hmm. to see uh, if you guys come together for that that little moment that you've been waiting a very long time for to share. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if, if that moment comes, I'll, I'll probably tackle them to the ground. <laughs> so, you know, obviously we're talking about the outdoor game, you know, and, and a lot of people, I mean, you've told this story a million times already, but you know, for some people that might be listening that don't necessarily know it, you know, how did, and when did you kind of decide? I mean, obviously, you know, you get drafted to the NLL, you know, you have the opportunity to play. When was it in your mind where you were like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to give, you know, the pro indoor game, you know, a, a legitimate shot. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, it, it's no different. It seems like it's no different than kind of what you're doing as far as, you know, your preparation for the outdoor game. You know, you kind of have, have kind of jumped all in on it. 
um, and you're, and you're really trying to become a master at your craft. And as you can kind of see, everybody's, you know, you, you know, you're, you're getting better every single year. So kind of, how did that all come together? When was it, you know, in your mind where, because, you know, and, and a lot of times too, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there've been other, um, you know, prominent field players that have gotten American field players that have gotten drafted into the NLL, but kind of shied away from, you know, maybe, maybe giving it that, sh- maybe giving it that chance. Maybe it's because for work, um, you know, restrictions, things like that kind of, you know, can you kind of elaborate a little bit on how all that came together and, you know, kind of, you know, where you see, where you see yourself going and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I had no intentions of getting involved ever. Like I, I, I remember uh, Chad Weedmeyer, who I mentioned before, it was mm-hmm. playing for the wings um, after he had graduated and, you know, we, a few of us from, from school, like took the train and went and saw the game and, I remember uh, they were playing against Calgary and they were playing against Dobie and, and just remember like seeing this guy, this was a, a long time ago at this point, um, just like seeing the way this guy was playing the game and, and seeing like poor Chad, like <laughs> not having any idea what he was doing out there. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like this game was so much fun, but like, I, I will never like be able to play in this league and, and kind of just like, just made peace with that. And, you know, I, I wasn't drafted or anything. I think it was, you know, after my second or third year of MLL, I just got yeah. a, a call, um, you know, to like kind of come up, come up and try out. And like, it was like this weird scenario in Toronto where um, Colin Doyle and, and Josh Sanderson had both retired. Right. So like these two like legendary guys, um, you know, even I knew them, right. Like, yeah, you know, some, like wasn't following Boss Cross at all. I was like, Oh, wow. Like, that's crazy. And then Rob Hellier, who like I still play with now in Toronto, mm-hmm. like had uh, torn his ACL. Um, so they, they were just like in complete rebuild, um, you know, kind of, uh, I'm assuming they were just like throwing darts at the wall and like, Oh, like, let's give us a couple of these guys a try. I, I, I don't, I'm not really sure how it came to be. I think Brody Merrill had something to do with it and, you know, ended up hearing, um, from those guys and you know, was actually on the way back from Princeton from an alumni game and was just like around like teammates and like hung out together all week, uh, all weekend. And it was literally like, I remember I, th- I thought Mikey McDonald was, was calling me like prank calling because you know, he's from Canada. Yep. And, like it was a Canadian number. And like, I don't know if you had Canadian teammates like in college, like they always have different phones and like, yeah, it's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. every week. Yeah. So yeah, like, it was Canadians and Australians, man. They had a different phone every single week yeah, and it was, yeah, they like, had to buy minutes and all crazy sorts of stuff. Man. Yeah. I have four different numbers from Mikey McDonald on my phone. So I figured <laughs> Um, and it turned out it was, it was Jamie Dowick, who's the, the owner and the GM of, of, of the rock and ended up like, I, I called him back and, you know, it came out of nowhere. Like I, I was like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I like, I'll, I'll give you a call. Like, thanks for thinking of me, but like, I, I have no, I don't know how to play this game. Like, I don't know anything. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about it, like driving back in the turnpike and going over the bridge and back to the Island and just like, you know, it was really fun to be around my teammates again at Princeton and like, I'm really enjoying MLL and, uh, but the season's over, you know, and now I don't, you know, my whole life, like I was in season playing lacrosse with teammates like, all year round. And then it was like, okay, you know, August just hit, you know, we got eliminated from the playoffs, we lost to the Rattlers. Um, I don't play again until June. I'm like, it would be pretty cool to be able to play lacrosse all the time. Um, 
so, you know, thought about it from that end and talked to some people that I knew. Um, and, and like pretty much like the resounding answer was like, if you're going to do it, like you have to go all in, like, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to go play in Toronto, like you're going to have to fly up there. You're going to have to do a bunch of this stuff. And, you know, thought about it a bit more and talked to some more people and, you know, decided to give it a shot. And, you know, the, the, the story that's like not told as much, you know, like for me, it's like, I, I walked into this like perfect scenario for somebody like me to be successful. You know, like I said, they, they had just had two guys retire, two legendary guys, their best right-handed player was also out. Like they, they needed somebody who could like dodge, which like, isn't even like a, a, a box term. I don't think I still use it. Like, but, um, <laughs> you know, they needed someone like me, like, like it, as an American player, right. Like you don't understand the picks, right. Like mm-hmm. most teams have a guy who could be pretty ball dominant. Um, so like I walked into this scenario where I'm part of like this amazing organization with a great defense that needs just a guy with the ball and a stick, um, which like, you know, if Robbie wasn't hurt, if they didn't retire these two legendary guys, like, do I ever get a shot? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that like, you know, if I got picked up by some other team, like, you know, I probably wouldn't have broken into the league. I, I don't know, but like my path to get there, like couldn't have aligned more perfectly and I had Hartle and and Busick doing doing it with me at the same time Mm -hmm. um so they sent me a ton of film I devoured it I was like I understand this stuff but I don't know how in the world I'm going to do it um I showed up there I had like my field helmet on I had like v's in my stick like a like a ton of whip in my stick Mm -hmm. and like I was brutal um but they like said the whole time, it's like, Hey, we're going to work with you. And like, that's another reason why, like, they were like, it's okay if you suck for a while. Like, and, <laughs> and sure enough, like, you know, the NLL, you have three preseason games and a training camp. And without that, like, you know, if we, if we just had to run right into the regular season, there's no way I would have mm-hmm. um, been able to, to jump into it. But uh, it, 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 it's been like, it's been an amazing ride. That's just like, never had any intention of getting involved fell into this this great great place i know everybody's like supposed to say that it's like oh, i play for this amazing organization like they really have like gone above and beyond for me um the whole team is from ontario except you know me and a handful of guys and like yeah they've always been super accommodating of that and like supportive um guys on the team like giving me little tips and stuff um yeah without all that like the you know, we, I just went through 15 different things that like happened, yeah. that, like, yeah. you know, might not have happened elsewhere. So, um, fell into like a, a perfect scenario and like tried to commit to it as much as I could and like devour film, you know, try to shoot on, you know, the, the issue like is just goalies, like, yeah. like not having a goalie, um, you know, cause the thing I've learned over the years, it's like, you're not hitting a spot, right? Like you don't want to like, like in field, if you, if you hit the near side high corner, 105 miles an hour, you're going to score. Yeah. But in box, like, it's not that it's like, you have to beat the goalie. You don't have to hit a spot. Mm-hmm. And like, it took me a, a bit to, to understand that concept. Um, so in terms of like training and getting ready to do it, you know, without a goalie that gets tough at times, but I think it's like more of a mental shift, but you know, I, I as you guys could probably tell, I, I tend to go like a little, long-winded no you're good you're good i mean it's awesome listen shout out to the toronto rock because you you play you you say it's all about good timing but we had literal harris on here uh, a couple months ago 
And it seems like they're just willing to take a risk on people that they believe in. And, you know, they were the only one to believe in Latrell and, and it's, it's turning out pretty well. They were the only ones really to, to reach out to you. And that's turned out pretty well for them too. Yeah, so absolutely. Maybe, maybe they just have, they have a good idea of what they want and, and they're willing to take that chance. Like you said, they're willing to work with people and, and help them transition to, to that. So um, that, that's, it's really, I think everyone's path is unique. We also had Eli uh, last week and his, his path to, or two weeks ago, his path to the NLL was, was a little bit different because he, he grew up playing a little bit here and there yeah. uh, in upstate New York. So yeah, I, I think it's very interesting to see how these guys transition from, you know, MLL, PLL to, to the NLL. But I think it's a good thing too, because it gives you a chance. And, and again, a perfect transition it gives you a chance to, to play year round and, and try to become what is becoming more common, but it's still not like the golden rule, which is a full-time pro. And, yeah. and for everybody listening, a full-time pro does not necessarily mean you just play lacrosse for a living, but it means that's like your main job. Those are your two main jobs. And then you've got your camps, your clinics, maybe you're an assistant coach somewhere. But so for, for Tom Schreiber, what does that mean for you outside of, you know, your, you have your two contracts. What else are you doing throughout the year? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you bring that up. Like, I think you're seeing more and more guys do this professional lacrosse route. I think, like, with more Americans getting involved in the NLL and the PLL, just, like, elevating that player experience from a, you know, a compensation standpoint to, you know, health insurance and, and, and how you're treated, it's becoming more doable. Um, and then you can be somewhat entrepreneurial with your time. And, like, you know, some guys want to build – you know, little lacrosse businesses. Some guys want to like do some lessons or help out coaching or some guys want, you know, maybe just like a little less intensive a career than, you know, maybe they initially had thought. Um, so there are definitely ways to make it work. And I appreciate you like shining light on that. You know, sometimes it's like, there's, there's that um, view of things. And then there's like this other view where it's like, you know, these guys like hardly pick up their stick and like you go work and then like show up at the game. Like nobody is doing that. Like it's no. competitive. Um, you know, like maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe, but like, it, it's just, it's too competitive now. Like, especially in the PLL, it's just like, there, there are so many guys who are able to pull it all together and like compete at such a high level and devote like so much time and, and their resources toward training that like, you really can't get away with it. Some guys like, you know, they're like 5 a.m. guys go to work, get home, mm -hmm. get a stick in their hands. I have a ton of respect for those dudes, but uh, it's getting harder and harder to do that. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your original question, like I made a pretty conscious decision, you know, after school that um, I wanted to pursue professional lacrosse. And like the way I define that is like, I want it to be my priority. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I never want to have to worry about um, you know, do I have enough time this week for my workouts to get the stick in my hand enough, um, you know, doing what I need to do to be ready for my games. And that's, that's evolved, you know, since I was, you know, 22 to 28 and before I started playing in the NLL to now playing in both to, you know, a, you know, the championship series versus a regular tournament. So that's, you know, has to be somewhat flexible. And then, um, you know, I, I, I love skill development. So I, I do a fair amount of that, you know, I, I, I try to keep that stuff like relatively strong. I, I kind of take the uh, small, I should say, I kind of take the approach that like, you know, I, I want to have like a, a relatively 
you know, like 50, 60 guys on, on Long Island that I could just really, really work with and like make a, a difference in versus like, you know, just trying to do a million big clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's what my, my dad did for me. Like he did that, you know, uh, when I was coming up, he worked, you know, with these small groups and would just bring me along and I just saw like how much you could get out of it. Um, so I, I do a fair amount of that stuff. And, you know, I'm also mainly because of, um, going, going to school at Princeton, like it kind of, you know, opened like a new curiosity for me, like outside of lacrosse, like in, in the business world. So, you know, have, have, you know, a couple little side projects, but like my main, you know, off field job is with the PLL and, um, you know, it was, it was really just like a, a picture perfect opportunity for me a few years ago where, you know, you have like this, and I'm sure it's not unique to me. I'm sure a lot of guys fight it. Like, yeah, like you chose to go pro lacrosse, but like there's a little anxiety there around like, you know, well, it's going to end at some point, right? You can't play for too long and, you know, you, you don't want to put this degree to waste and like you want to make sure you're building something alongside this while still being able to, focus on playing, which is like a tough puzzle to, to kind of solve. And, um, and sure enough, like I get an opportunity to learn off field, you know, learn like the startup world, the business world, and like help contribute to, you know, taking my biggest passion I've ever had and, and elevate it to the masses, like through the PLL. Um, it, it really, you know, I couldn't have written out a better opportunity. So, you know, when, when that, you know, was sort of on the table with, with Mike and Paul early on. It was something that I kind of jumped in um, with two feet. And, you know, uh, I think that's, you know, it, it's a unique position where, you know, it's kind of evolved over the years when we're building this thing up. I was spending all day on the PLL and like getting my workouts in, like, you know, I, I would always get them in, but like, it wasn't, you know, it was busy, you know, right. and, and we've kind of been able to like, dial in like how much you know i can i can devote to this on a weekly basis and like for those guys to be able to you know work with me on that and still allow me to contribute in some way and um you know it it means the world to me and and like for me to be able to get experience on the business side build something that like i'm super super passionate about and still be able to prioritize playing lacrosse um you know, I'm, I'm very, very lucky and it's not lost on me, you know, for a second. So, um, that's generally it, you know, and like, uh, you know, in the endorsement world a little bit, uh, I've been with New Balance and Warriors since, you know, I was a rookie, um, you know, and, and a couple other little things here and there, but, um, that's generally the rundown. It's not a, uh, it's not a boring life by any stretch. <laughs> um, it's exciting. It's busy. Like I haven't always handled it perfectly right like your time my time is like you know I, i'm responsible for it right like there's very mm-hmm. little structure to this life i heard jules talking about this uh jules hennenberg talking about um like managing you know your time when you're not um you know required to be at something i, I forget where it was but he put it really well and it's, it's it's just hard it's not as easy as you think like like that freedom is amazing um but at the same time, like you have to create all your own structure and it's on you and there's no one, no one's going to do anything for you um, if you don't do it. So um, I think I like that challenge and I enjoy, you know, being exposed to a lot of different things, like a little bit of coaching, a little playing, 
um, and a little you know, business as well. And, and so one of the things that you, you have been working on and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think, is this a project you did with uh, JGL Bear and a bunch of other legends, the, your, your Players Academy course? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was, that was cool too. So I think we, Jay had originally approached me right before um, the world shut down last mm -hmm. year, right around a, a year ago um, with, and, and I had seen like Rob Pinnell's ads mm -hmm. and stuff um, to kind of create like a pretty in-depth like philosophy of like how you approach lacrosse, like what things like you work on and, the great thing with Jay is like, he's a legendary player, understands the game and he's a really talented, uh, you know, I guess what you call director. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not, I'm probably butchering like what his actual title would be. <laughs> yeah. It's like a film maker, cinematographer filmmaker, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah but like, like really Art, talented. artist. He's an artist. An artist. Yeah. Um, no. And, and I do want to give him like all the credit in the world. Like, I think he's incredible. Um, at what he does, but also just, you know, the, the willingness and the trust to like go beyond, like, you know, he sat me down for two hours. We sat, sat on a zoom and like, kind of just talk shops. Like, well, what do you think about this? Like I watched this, this, and that clip, like, what, what are you thinking here? Like why this release? And like, I kind of have like a, I don't know, like non-traditional way of playing. Like I'm not like a overhand or die guy. And like, I'm able to look, you know, and he just allowed me to like kind of articulate why, you know, in mm -hmm. depth. You know, I think there's a lot of stuff out there and, there and this stuff is useful. It's not a knock, like, like drills on YouTube. Like I'll look at that sometimes. Like I'm like, oh, okay, like that's, that's a cool little drill of doing this, this and that. But the cool thing with, with the Players Academy, it's like Jay allowed me to like really talk through stuff and produce it at such a high level where it's still like interesting. Um, and what I like about that, it's like, like I said before, I want to keep my kind of small, like flock of, of trainees on Long Island, but like, it, it's, you know, it's not lost to me that like, I think we all have somewhat of a responsibility to help grow lacrosse. And, you know, I think Jay put together like this entire curriculum and, you know, at a pretty you know reasonable price, I think as well, you know, I don't, I think like there's a lot out there where, you know, you could spend a ton of money, but I think you're getting you know, a pretty nice bang for your buck, you know, with what Jay has kind of put together there. I'm, I'm a believer in it. Um, you know, and I think like, like I said before, I'm just like a uh, technique and skill set guy. So like being able to hear, you know, I learned, I watched Rob's course and like, I'm mm -hmm. able to like hear how he thinks about stuff and, you know, take, you know, what he does and his ideas and put my own spin on them or do exactly what he said. Um, so I, I'm like kind of a nerd when it comes to that stuff, but it was, uh, it was really fun making that and, and getting to know Jay a little bit more, right? Like I was, like I said, I'm like, was like a little kid at, right, at, yeah. like, at the Lizards game, iconic yeah, figure. Around, yeah. like trying to get his gloves after the game. And <laughs> yeah. We're like hanging out all day, filming stuff and, and, and talking lacrosse. It was, uh, really cool. It was just a really cool experience overall, you know, online training, all those platforms. Like I think everybody um you know, different things work for different people right, right? like it's uh you know I, i've i encourage kids like yeah like work with a few coaches right like if you're like into the training thing like yeah like hear different perspectives like that's mm -hmm. that's what that's what i right that's why yeah. like, part of why i jumped into box lacrosse mm -hmm. like i want to like hear like how those guys are thinking about it so um 
you know, in terms of me, like, you know, really getting behind something and pushing it, like, I don't know if it's, you know, me, like just really trusting in it, letting it sell itself. I think it's more so like, I definitely, I pump fake um, on social media a ton, you know, just cause like, I have this weird feeling that I, am I in a position to be like, Hey, you should definitely do this. Like, like <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I'll get, I'll get to the post page. Kyle Harrison busts my chops all the time. He's like, just hit it. Just like hit post. It's like you're, you're, like, <laughs> you're like caught up on the caption. I'm like, ah, it just, just like, doesn't feel real. I hate yeah. it. Like, I'm just, yeah. not just not here for the Twitter wars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, no, and I, and I get it. And like the, like that stuff like is important and plays a role. And, you know, I think I, I'm definitely more comfortable with it than I've been in the past. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I would like never knock anybody like hustling in the lacrosse world. Like I, I, I think sure. anyone who's doing anything and, and like the guy, like, I think like the professionalizing some of that stuff is, is a good sign, right? Like that yeah. like, people signing up for this stuff, committing to it, like guys being entrepreneurial within the game. Like I think that stuff is awesome. Yeah. Putting it in the hands of people in the industry, as opposed to like having these coaching companies try to come in and, and take it yeah. over is very yeah. good. hundred percent. And like the other, the other reason, you know, why I was like excited to get involved with players Academy and why, you know, these online training, you know, platforms or whatever else are great. It's because, you know, like I'm, I'm on Long Island, right. Like, you know, like Ryan, like, you, you there's a ton of coaches right like you can listen right now like there, there's I'm not sure there there's some great like i know like anthony kelly and those guys yep. do an amazing job in columbus but like you go you know 100 miles whatever way or like there's some kid in, in you know a state where lacrosse isn't as big like and they need to rely on that a little more or even like coaches you know being able to mm-hmm. see that stuff and, and and pull ideas from it i think that stuff is great Right. Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I couldn't agree more. I think that's probably like the next evolution for the growth of the game. Right. I mean, you know, you have and I always said this once the level of coaching catches up to, um, you know, kind of the athleticism in some of those other pockets of the country, you're going to start to see some of that talent level kind of level out. I mean, you know, there, there's a reason why, and I always say this to people, I said, there's always a reason why you see, you know, the majority of college coaches go to Maryland, go to Long Island, go to upstate New York, go to Connecticut, New Jersey, that sort of thing, you know, and they're starting to kind of come out obviously more this way. You've seen a tremendous growth in the game, but you know, it's uh, it definitely, you know, they're, you know, the, the more resources that these coaches have, the more resources that these players have. And I think, you know, in in a, in a sick way, I don't want to say sick way, like in a bad way, but you know, obviously everything that's happened over the last year um, it's forced a lot of people to kind of use more online resources because they can't be in person with people. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, maybe, you know, in, in some way, this is kind of like the next evolution of things. And it's just, it. No, 100%. And, and, and you hear this, right? Like when, and the PLLs, like, that's, that's why, like, you know, you, you hear like people like say, sorry, for good. Um, but like, sometimes you'll like the penny thing with the PLL, like, mm-hmm. saying, like, oh, you want to grow the game, but these pennies are 90 bucks. And it's like, guys, like, you know, I, I get like, you're upset. There's an expensive penny, but like the way the PLL is able to like, amplify the game and put this stuff on a platform like is is growing the game like being Mm -hmm. on nbc like is growing the game like you put this in front of more eyeballs right like like that effect that ripple effect 
right, it is going to grow the game, right? And, and things like that, like you take these online platforms, like pretty much what it does, it levels like, you know, having someone be there in person, you know, mm-hmm. and for a sport like lacrosse where, you know, we need that, right? On Long Island, Baltimore, upstate New York, Canada, like these other hotbeds, like, you know, people grew up there, they settled there and like they they coach their kids team. And it's like, yeah, I've played, I've known lacrosse for 20 years. Like, here's how you do this, this, and that. But, you know, you're in a place that doesn't have that. And it's like, you want to play lacrosse. You know, you sometimes have a football coach, like doing their best, you Mm -hmm. know, or a dad, like doing their best. And, you know, the more resources that these guys can have, U.S. lacrosse does great work there. PLL and PLL Academy does great work there. Um, you know, anybody doing any sort of online platform, I'm like a hundred percent for just for that reason alone. Right. To like be able to arm these guys with like drills they should do, or like think they're, they're amazing people out there. Like these, Mm -hmm. these parents or people who weren't exposed to the game that just like devour this information and like go volunteer all this time to go coach these kids. Like that stuff is awesome. Um, and I think it's the result of, of stuff like players Academy stuff, like, Mm -hmm what the PLL is doing, what U.S. lacrosse is doing, what everybody else is doing, like getting the game out there. I think it's great. So we're going to, we're going to make it a little bit lighter now. And so Ryan is kind of my Sherpa, if you will, to, to Long Island culture. I I grew up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about Long Island until I met Ryan. And so if you don't know, Tom, Ryan uh, is from Copeg or that's South where you shore. went to school yep. and uh went to adelphi went to manhattanville coached at shore and waiting river so like he's as long island as i know and and i'm gonna ask one question and then i'm gonna just back away and, and kind of let you guys talk about this but what is what is the best place on long island for food like what's the spot what's the spot there's, i know I, i've so heard you many. argue this with so many people but i want to so many i want tom's you opinion can't. okay like what's what's his spot and and second question is how far away like i geography to me i just hear these counties suffolk whatever how far away did you guys grow up from each other so I, right now I, i'm in amityville so i, I live Ooh, in, okay so I'm, I'm right i'm probably five ten minutes from where, where yeah you're five maybe it depends south of montauk uh no north North of Montauk. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just south of, of uh, Southern State on 110. Okay. Although, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, I, not you're right not, there. Not, I don't know. I mean, I guess not south enough for you. But. Well, no, 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 no. Well, listen, man. So you're right there. So on Route 110, you know, depending on where you're at, I mean, that's that's Copac School District, man. It's close. Yeah. It, it's, it's close. You're right there. on the border. But yeah. So, I mean, we spent a lot. I spent a lot of time in there. Yeah. Um, I'm from East Meadow originally. So can't, I spent, spent some time in there. I spent some time in East Meadow. Who didn't, right? Yeah. If you're from Long Island, you spent a lot of time on Hempstead Turnpike at some point in your life. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's like uh, Coach Sanowski and Coach Tierney and, and Coach Amplo for the U.S. team, like, all have Hofstra roots and, like, always Whoa. reference these Turnpike guys. And turnpike like, guys, man. My brother was a Turnpike I like that church for being an Ivy guy. I'm like, I grew up on the Turnpike. Like, yeah. I like <laughs> – but uh, best place to eat – I mean, it's a pretty impossible question. <laughs> See, but there's a there's a couple of good spots. If you're on 110, that Amity Ales place is pretty good. Yep. Um, Vittorio's, if you're nice, like a little Italian. So, all right. So let let's 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 rephrase the question to be more okay. fair. Then, what's his favorite? Spot? So no, no. Like, so I show up, I come visit you, Ryan. Where's the spot you're going to take me to impress me? 
Like what, you know, I take you to that little German deli in Ann Arbor when you come up here. Where do you take me? I mean, if I'm taking you for an egg sandwich, I'm taking you to Brownstones right in Amityville on, uh, on Montauk Highway. That's one of the best breakfast spots in town. And then I'll take you across the street. You get a skin fade over at Sal Baba. <laughs> I, I think everybody's barber's name is Sal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would go deli in, in the morning. I would go deli. So I, I grew up, uh, my parents ran a deli together. Okay. Uh, like 10 years of my life or probably a little less, uh, which is a grind, man. Like they, those, those, those are long days, man. Those are long days. Like stayed up until nine. Um, but yeah, I like pretty much like grew up, like I wasn't old enough to like start working there, but I was definitely mm-hmm. old enough to like sneak an egg sandwich and have a grape soda just about every day. Um, and just be around and pester everybody. So I, I would go <laughs> deli in the morning. Um, I mean, you, you, you probably kind of have to go pizza at some yeah, point. I'm going to give some love to Pietro's Pizza in East Meadow. They do okay. like a little sesame seed crust action. It's like yeah. pretty perfect. Um, yeah. That's probably the, that's probably. I'm getting hungry because I mean, everyone we talk to has a different answer, which is why it's great. I mean, we've, we, we have you, we have Ryan always. I think we've got Jerry Byrne and Spelina coming up in the next couple episodes. So it's going to be a very interesting. We're going to turn that into an article of all the hot spots to eat on Long Island. I'll uh, tell you, that would that would take off because yeah. like, there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of arguing. Like you get a lot of like. Mm-hmm. I told like, Ryan that like an hour ago, yeah, right before we hopped on the call. I was like, we got to we got to start yeah. this. We got to start a, guess, a war. He wants me to guess like Twitter and Instagram and. You know, uh, before I mean, I, I have thick skin. I'll take it. I'll get screamed at by the by the masses on Long Island. To talk about one pizza shop, and you know, you'll meet somebody. It's 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 grounds for 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 fisticuffs. It is what it is. All right. So uh, another question for you, Tom. So uh, people are kind of interested to know what these pros are like obviously off the field and, and what we don't see. So what's, what's the go-to, what, what do you do to unwind? Are you one of those guys that are, are out golfing all the time? Are you one of those guys, or are you just kind of like, you know, maybe your thing's just Netflix, maybe who knows, maybe you're like all the other guys on the archers and you just play a lot of call of duty. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> guy, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've like gained like a real appreciation the last uh, really a few years, like for, for the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like if I have a free weekend and like I could plan something in advance, like I've really like loved going to like these national parks and stuff. I spent some time like been to Yellowstone, Yosemite, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff is a blast. Um, I, I've definitely like outgrown the like go out till two in the morning like phase of my life. It's probably pretty short lived, but um, you know I'm more of like a nice dinner like brewery play some pool listen to some music type of guy like on, on these like few weekends that i have between the nll pll coaching whatever else i got going on um you know got married in in october so mm-hmm. i guess still technically a newlywed so there you go um congratulations you know, wait congratulations during during covid you got this done yeah we yeah we congratulations yeah yeah now we're thankful for all that so we, we've been like long distance for, you know, seven of the eight years we've been together. So, you know, this was in some ways like a little bit of a blessing in disguise, this COVID situation and, you know, trying to cherish our time where I'm not hopping on an airplane every four right. days between the NLL and PLL. So, um, 
yeah, since the wedding until January 1st, we were eating good. You know, a lot of dates. I were over at Vittorio's a couple times, you know. Yeah, this is good, man. Yeah, you know, I definitely indulged a little bit. Uh, yeah. So we've been we've been scaling it back so far in, in January. We're doing the uh, the whole 30 thing. Okay. Um, so just that's, to a, dude, that's a lot of time. Yeah, I hope you're ready to, to go to the grocery store two times a day and make your own mayo and all this other crap. I know it's 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 been tough. We're ha- we're just over halfway there. February first, we're, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'll I'll wait to see the results of like your little online uh, rampage on, on Long Island <laughs> food spots. And we're I'll gonna go have to. Win. Yeah, well, that's a great video to. series too. I just gotta get out to Long Island. I mean, everything's kind of crazy right now. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I'll, have my, I'll have my mom, my parents. They'll ship some stuff out to us. They'll ship out. Well, it's like when we were in. So I I was Ryan's GA, and he's like, man, I can't get Boar's Head anywhere. Like I need some Buffalo chicken. So I had my mom put it in a cooler and drive it down to us. I got like five pounds of boar's head. And then Ryan's like, listen, we're going to have some Italian. We're going to have some sausage and pep. And he's like, I'm going to do you guys right. And so, I mean, it's, it's Long Island culture, something different, man. I'll tell you what, you're doing the Island proud. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're like, I mean, and, and it's funny, like each guy, you know, we're all like our own little cartoon character. (laughs) it's just just how it goes i'm glad ohio hasn't washed out your accent no well sometimes sometimes i hide it when i teach i hide it and then you know when i start talking to people from home usually it gets fired up when i talk after i talk to my parents like you know my my mom has you know she has like the thick italian accent so my wife loves it when i do speakerphone and ryan calls because she's like what the hell is that accent and i'm like we're from the midwest there is no accent we were just the most vanilla people in the world yep and i ended up marrying as midwest as midwest could get yeah you really did did. but uh but tom we really appreciate your time and getting to know you a little bit better and and kind of seeing you know who the who tom Trevor is off the field as well yeah no i appreciate it this was uh this was a ton of fun and yeah, man. you gotta let me know how that food poll goes. Oh, we, oh, will, we will. We will. Oh, yeah. Now I, now, now I definitely have to do it. Now yeah. I, definitely have to do it. I got like two weeks until whole 30 is done. And I'm <laughs> oh, it'll, it'll be easy. We'll get it up for sure. Yeah. Oh, we'll get it going.